0: Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. Uh, we have a new way in which you can listen to the show. Uh, if you don't have Internet, you can actually listen with a telephone call and number, and we'll talk about that later and give you the number uh, for those of you who would like to do that because you have intermittent Internet. Uh, and, of course, notices about that have already gone out early, early this morning uh, when we sent out the schedule of all the radio broadcasts that we make on the Sabbath. And uh, you would get that notice if you were a member of the network, the Living Network, and become a member by going to hisholychurch.org, clicking on the little drop-down menu up at the top with a man holding the net, casting the net out, and uh, joining a group in your area. Uh, We have the groups based on states, but several of the states are combined together in single groups until the groups get so big and cumbersome that it works out better to divide them. And eventually we will have contact ministers in every state and uh, uh, congregations of record, and you will be connected with one another, not by Internet, not merely by phone, but by a living network of people that are actually connecting with one another. This is going to be very important in the future because things are going to change. Things are already changing uh, in the news. I just heard now at the beginning of the show they were talking about this booming noise. We have discovered what the booming noise is so nobody be afraid. Well, actually, everybody should be afraid because I already know what the booming noise was. <laughs> it is the earth groaning. It is the earth groaning because the earth itself is subject to the spirit, and the spirit... Uh, has manifested the creation of the world upon which we live. And the essence of these things are operating according to their nature. Unfortunately, man is not operating according to his nature. He has fallen in his nature to a sub-nature, and he has become corrupted. And he has no idea what's going on. And what is going on is there are earthquakes going on deep in under the ground. And because of the lay of the land, because of the nature of the ground beneath your feet, different effects will happen. If you have earthquakes out in California, you'll have a certain kind of earthquake. When you have earthquakes in the Midwest, you'll have another kind of earthquake. And certain phenomena show up when certain types of earthquakes are taking place, swarms of earthquakes deep in the rock. Of the midwest will cause certain actions to take place one of the things that you find prevalent under the ground in the midwest is clay that's why we have a congregation at lowes hill because of the clay lowes hill has to do with clay and uh, there's a lot of clay in the midwest and there's different layers of it at different depths and when there are earthquakes underneath those layers certain kinds of earthquakes they will create a kind of a snap when they break the rock and that snap creates noise, The noise travels through the earth. There's shaking also that goes on, but what's happening because of the location of the rock is that noise is generated, and that noise passes through the clay in a different way, and it creates this boom, When you suddenly hear this boom noise. But you may not even feel the quake, because they're microquakes or smaller quakes, and you don't actually see what you'll see out on the plains in the Midwest when the quakes really get going is you will see cracks opening and closing. Now, when there was nobody out there, you would see puffs of dust going up in the air as those cracks open, a little bit of dust and dirt starts to fall in, the dry stuff on the surface starts to fall in, and when the cracks close, the air pushes out and pushes the dust. You see these geysers all across the plains, you'll see that out in farm ground. Now, when that happens in the city people will disappear down the cracks like the cores of this world, and there are millions of them today, (laughs) rebels who do not want to go the ways of God. They will fall into those cracks and they will disappear. And this has all happened before 1811, 1812, 1813, 1814. There was this huge amount of earthquakes in the Midwest along what they call the Madrid Fault, or New Madrid Fault. And uh, those... uh, those quakes uh, happened then, some of the worst quakes in the history of America, and uh, changed the course of the Mississippi River, Changed, created whole lakes, uh, people disappeared. There uh, wasn't a lot of people there, but now there's a lot of people there, a lot of buildings there, a lot of industry, a lot of oil tanks, a lot of gasoline tanks, a lot of pipelines, all these things. If you had those quakes which you had back in 1811 to 1814, today... Millions would die. Billions upon billions of dollars of uh, equipment and infrastructure would be destroyed. It would be as if you lived in Iraq and somebody bombed your country with more bombs than fell during World War II, (laughs) which actually did happen in Iraq. Somebody bombed Iraq with more ordnance than the Allies dropped during World War II and absolutely devastated and moved that country back to the stone age and then they're using U.S. tax dollars to rebuild it again. Then somebody else is going to make millions and, millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, billions of dollars on this process. And they just sit there watching their TV, letting it happen. And then when they look in their pocket, their their uh, $1 bill doesn't buy 50 cents worth of goods anymore because all this is going on. You're, you're being drained blood dry. But that's another story. The reality is this booming is a part of this um, earthquake patterns. Now, now they reported booming, hearing booming, before the 1811, 1814 uh, earthquakes that took place in that Midwest area. Uh, And we're hearing it again. And, you know, way up in Illinois and a lot of other people, uh, they actually heard some of that in Africa not very long ago, and they had a series of earthquakes there. And the... What happened was the continents of Africa and uh, South America, or the Americas, drifted apart some 32 feet over about a thousand miles of coastline in a matter of moments. It literally moved 32 feet apart. That's huge. That's a huge mass uh, of Earth. Uh, It's unimaginable. It moved mountains, whole continents, moved 32 feet. Uh, This is a part of a theory that has not been well accepted for many, many years, but is starting to uh, crack into the mainstream thinking of, uh, with some, uh, the mainstream thinking of uh, geologists and geomorphologists, is that there is an expanding Earth process. And it's been a theory for many years you know where they look at the coastline of Africa and the coastline of South America and they they kind of fit together and what they're suggesting is that the earth is actually expanding they've had the continental drift theory for a while but what they're saying is that the earth is actually way bigger than it was before the flood and way bigger than it was even before that and that it's actually expanding and and with its expansion, the atmosphere is actually becoming thinner. This explains why you didn't see rainbows at one time, and now you see rainbows. And that dinosaurs could walk the earth, and that pterodactyls could fly, and that there were dragonflies with a wingspan of three feet. And uh, I never did find out how big the mosquitoes were in those days, since dragonflies eat mosquitoes. Uh, that's a scary thought, but. Uh, the reality is is that uh, the atmosphere was denser at one time and it allowed for the creation of certain animals that became extinct as the atmosphere thinned out but at the same time the earth grew and gravity grew and gravity was greater and so therefore animals that once could fly could no longer fly aerodynamically and they had to develop another uh, animal that uh, i not going to say evolution, but another animal became predominant that could still fly under the heavier gravity and the lighter air. And, uh, but that's, that's another whole story. The point is, is that this, if this, are we approaching a period of time in which the whole earth will suddenly begin to expand again? And, uh, there's a whole theory behind that. We don't have time to go into all that, but, uh, That would bring catastrophic, absolute catastrophic events throughout the world because of our technical uh, society, the dependence we have on this technically oriented society. Uh, All the gasoline and oil used to uh, run farm machinery out here in eastern Oregon crosses through pipelines from uh, the harbors to uh, not quite Central Oregon, still uh, Western Oregon, but uh, places like Salem and Eugene, and they all cross earthquake faults. And uh, if there was a series of massive earthquakes all across the world, all around the world, for a short period of time, these pipelines all around the world, Midwest, everywhere, would start to break and rupture and break and spill. And the greater devastation besides the immediate ecological damage that would be occurring wherever the breaks took place is that the supply of oil would be cut off, the supply of fuel would be cut off, crops would rot in the field because machinery would not have enough fuel to harvest the crops, refrigeration would be down, power would be down, uh, dams would be breaking, uh, coal power plants railroads would be disrupted. All this could just devastate our society because we live in such a marginal society. People used to put up a year, two years supply of food. They were agriculturally based communities where the food, everything you were consuming was grown within a few miles of you. Not so anymore. People don't have enough food to last them a week. Some people don't have enough food in their house to last them a day. There's no cushion to protect us from these disasters. And those few people who put up enough food to last them a year or two years, they are surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of neighbors, maybe thousands of neighbors who don't. What are you going to do? You're going to need a network of people who actually love one another, actually take the time to congregate together to now not for what they can receive, but for what they can give and what they can share. You will need to know who are the virtuous people of your society, and you must have a society that is virtuous, and we don't have that anymore. Those few virtuous golden nuggets of humanity are spread all over the world, and we need to find those. We need to connect with those now when times are good. And so... The booming is a wake-up alarm. Are we entering another active period? If we just entered the active period of 1811 to 1814, that would be dramatic for all of America. It would affect all of America. And it would affect all of the world because America affects all of the world. But what if we're about to enter a period of time in which the changes far surpassed those of 1811 to 1814. What are we entering in a period of time that is like the days of Noah? We may not have a worldwide flood, but we may have a worldwide shaking. And the society worldwide cannot depend. Just the, the earthquakes that we had in Japan, look at the repercussions and damage from that Japan wasn't submerged under water, but it was submerged under radiation. And the repercussions will go on for decades and decades and maybe centuries. And we will begin to see that, and that is the tip of the iceberg. All the nuclear power power plants throughout America are subject to earthquakes. Universal blackouts that can be caused by earthquakes will cause these plants to overheat. Is that going to happen this year? Is it going to happen next year? I don't know. I don't need to know. I know what I'm here to do is preach the kingdom. But I can tell you this, it will happen. Eventually, it will happen. There, there are changes. Anybody who studies geology with an open mind will become, after a period of time of observation, honest observation, what they call a catastrophic geologist he will realize that there are catastrophic catastrophic events that take place every so often in geology. If you go to Mount St. Helens and you look at the canyon that was created there, that is huge, giant canyon that was created there, and you look at the walls and you studied geology 20, 30 years ago. Because I studied geology... Well, actually, a lot more than 20 or 30 years ago. <laughs> anyway, I studied a long time ago. And if I looked at that rock based on what they were teaching in most schools at that time, I would say that this canyon took hundreds of thousands of years to form. Because you can see the layers in the rocks. Solid rock. You can see these layers in the solid rock. But the reality is And we recorded it. I mean, it exists. I mean, you can go there and take the pictures. You take the pictures before, take the pictures afterwards. The rock mass that the canyon is cut through did not exist before Mount St. Helens blew up. didn't exist. There was no rock mass there. Solid rock mass. But there it is now. Solid rock mass with a canyon cut through it that should have taken thousands and thousands of years to form happen in hours. The rock mass was created in ours because it's this almost molten hot and gas solidifying into a rock mass with layer upon layer upon layer in it. you can see the layers and they would tell you, oh, this is one you know century and this is another you know a year and this is another year and another year, and then over the centuries this mass compressed under great weights and then it formed this rock mass that solidified under the great pressure and weight and all this stuff. Not true. Happened in minutes. Happened in hours. And then the cutting away through this rock mass, this canyon, happened in hours, not over periods of thousands of years. So all those things that we were taught in geology class are false. Now I i knew they were false anyway because I was climbing through a canyon once and I was looking at the swirls of the ground and I said, this cannot be. Their theory doesn't hold up. I just looked at it. This is the way my whole life has been with everything. The study of the Bible, everything. I look at it, what they're saying, is they're skipping facts that are right in front of them in order to believe an idea, in order to make the idea fit, to have the comfort of knowing that they know when they actually don't know. And the fact that they don't know what's going on is so scary that they, they just skip the facts. Those curls of sediment could not be, it won't work that way, that you lay down this even layer and then over a period of time, the earthquake comes and presses the mountain and curls the layers. You would not see what you're seeing. I pulled the different layers out and and studied the dirt, put it into water and dissolved it and I said, well, if this was curled, you would see cracks here. as the curling took place they aren't there when this was curled all these layers were soft this all happened in a short period of time I knew that you you couldn't take it to your professors they wouldn't believe you oh no no it took place over thousands and thousands of years no it took place all at one time and now we actually have examples the geologists are saying we were taught lies were you religious religious out there who believe in the Bible who think you believe in the Bible what you actually believe in is an eschatology that somebody has handed you and then you believe in that eschatology so much you go about defending that eschatology even against the facts even against common sense even against reason because you believe in your eschatology more than you want to know the truth Because your eschatology has become your comforter, your religion has become your comforter, not the Holy Spirit, not that living spirit that lived in Christ and should live in us and was part of our true nature as the sons of God. We are all children of God and daughters of God. And we need to awaken to the fact that we have become idolaters, believing in in ideas and eschatologies rather than receiving the truth. The truth is right before you. Let go of the lie and embrace the truth, awaken, awaken. So anyway, our subject matter is supposed to be about women today. But we had to get the news out of the way, the earth is groaning, write it down. You will hear more groaning in the future. Uh, The activities that we see beginning now, they they may get very intense in the next few years. They may not get intense for another dozen years. But things will happen. And we are certainly not ready. We are less ready today than we were yesterday (laughs) as a people. But most people will not get ready. They will be like in the days of Noah. They will go around looking for a good time. They will go around worshiping what they think is true. They will cling to their idols. They will not hear the message of God. And they will not prepare according to the ways of God. And if we were awake, we could ride the waves of the future. And we would survive, even in these holocausts. But we should have begun preparation as a society dozens and dozens and dozens of years ago. And and society knew this was coming. Some some of the leaders that you uh, picked over the last century knew what was coming. They were warned. They were told. But they kept it in themselves because knowledge is power. And, And after all, you you elected men who sought power you elected you created offices of power and and men who seek power seek office and this is what they will do they will betray you because they're not interested in you they're interested in power they're not interested in service and this is the one thing that Christ clearly was teaching and no churches are really teaching today none of these false churches are we are That if you create offices of power, men who seek power will seek office. Christ did not create offices of power. He created offices of service. His government, his kingdom, is composed of offices of service. So, look for men who want to serve. Hard to find. Who want to serve and do not want power. And then also you need to have the nature of someone who does not want to give power to anyone who is not serving. And this is why the kingdom of God operates on the perfect law of liberty. You pick your ministers, your public servants. You empower them with funds. You never empower them with the power to take from you. If you do, as soon as you do, you no longer live in a free society. But people, because they covet their neighbor's goods, they are willing to do that, thinking that they're the ones they elect will take from the rich and give to the poor, and it won't hurt me because I'm one of the poor. But it devastates you as a society, and it makes you vulnerable to natural changes that take place. And a new world is being born, and the baby is kicking, and we hear a booming in Illinois. <laughs> So, anyway, back to the topic of the day, which is women. And that's a booming topic. And we,
1: uh,
0: we talk about, uh, earlier on Blog Talk, we talked about this incident, uh, which is one of the incidents that led to another incident, led to another incident, which d- gave me the idea of having the topic on women, which is a, an explosive topic in itself. And we're going to cover a number of those different situations, uh, after the break. Uh, but, uh, we do have uh, call-in numbers, and we do have uh, a number that you can call in and listen to the show on now, and if it works out, we'll have that uh, regularly. And my co-host is Paul. And, Paul, do you have those numbers?
2: Yeah, I do. The number to listen is 559-726-1300, and the code is seven nine Let's repeat it come back.
0: Yeah, we'll give you those numbers again first thing after the break. And then we'll continue our talk on women.
3: Fight the fight. We are here to equip you because you love the truth. LibertyRadioLive.com The program you are listening to is 100% sponsored by you, the listener, on this First Amendment rights media channel. You will notice that there are few commercials on this radio network. There's a good reason for that. If you believe in any of these, we ask you to support them as you would a missionary on a continual basis, as if giving a tithe for missionary radio. These programs are not commercially viable and must be supported by those faithful to the cause of truth. Look for the button to sponsor your favorite programs at our listen and schedule pages on the Internet. Then, when you subscribe, we will send you the last quarterly MP3 CD of that program immediately and continue to do so with each new quarter. We will also give you unlimited archive access to all of our programs. We're asking you to give much less than a tithe so that you may also send support directly to a particular program host, cause, and anywhere else the Spirit may lead you do all to the glory of our God and Creator for His holy nation, the only kingdom that will last forever. Thank you for listening.
4: Now listen to me. The Bible says, Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar's.
5: Government Takeover of the Church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD, Government Takeover of the Church. Who will tell them, if
3: not you? Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now listen to me.
0: Okay, we're back, and uh we're gonna give you a few announcements about some of the events taking place uh throughout the network uh first, uh Paul, can we give them those telephone numbers again so that if anybody wants to write them down for this week or next week or share them with their friends, they have them?
2: Yeah, we certainly can, and there's a lot technically going on today too um the chat room appears to be not working; it's dead. The dates in the chat room are three nineteen so That's uh, almost a week ago, and hopefully that will get fixed sometime in the near future. But if you want to dial in to ask questions, you can use these numbers. You can dial in to listen, or uh, once you're listening, you can use it to ask questions. You can sort of raise your hand, they call it, by pressing star 6. But the dial-in number is 559-726-1300. Five five nine seven two six one three zero zero, and once you get there, it'll ask you for a code, which is seven nine five one three two, seven nine five one three two, and press the pound key, and that will get you into to listen. And when if you press star six when you're in there, it will uh, raise your hand, and I can see that you will have a question. And actually, someone has raised their hand, so uh, whenever Gregory wants to field questions, we can go to that.
0: Okay, we'll go to that after a few announcements. Um, we're having an event in uh, Missouri, uh, probably within the uh, New, Madrid, <laughs> New Madrid fall area. <laughs> but I think we will be safe uh, to have the event. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about that event coming up?
2: Can I? Sure. Um, yeah. It's in north, northeastern Missouri, uh, right near Iowa, right near Wisconsin, right near I- Illinois. Uh, I guess you'd call it a quad state area there, but, uh, it's, uh, Lake of the Oaks, I think it's called. It's being hosted by Brent Jarvis and it will be on April 20th, 21st, and 22nd. So that's a weekend about four weeks away and okay. uh, hope hope to see people there.
0: Yeah, and uh, if, uh, if people join the network by going to org and dropping down that menu and joining in, you can find out, out other local events and local groups that uh, are starting to form. Uh, we've had the network now for a little bit, but uh, we're really going to have a push to try to connect more and more people because uh, time is short uh, for all of us. The, the clock is ticking in each of our lives and it's important that we actually start seeking the kingdom and the righteousness of God by seeking those who are seeking the kingdom and the righteousness of God and finding one another in this sea of iniquity that we call the world today <laughs> and uh, that's that's extremely important and we're going to have another event in September here out on the west coast in the high deserts of Oregon and, uh, it's our, our fall festival, our Burning Bush Fall Festival. And it's there, uh, we're going to uh, try to have as many, uh, events as possible over at least a week, uh, 10 days or more. Some will come even earlier and start working on projects to, to prepare, uh, that event. And, uh, we've got lots of room for camping. Uh, um, there's an RV park nearby if you need hookups. Uh, but there's lots of room for parking and, uh, we're going to see if we can't make this a little bit bigger event, and bigger and bigger as uh, years go by, and uh, have uh, people from all over uh, come to that event and uh, start uh, rubbing shoulders with other kingdom sink- sink- <laughs> seekers, kingdom uh, seekers who are uh, trying to find out what that early church was doing and uh, why, because. They were facing the decline and fall of the Roman Empire uh, that disintegrated its uh, its government, uh, collapsed under corruption and abuse. And uh, today we are headed for a bigger fall. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. We haven't had a situation like this in history, known history, ever. Uh, and it is very important that people who actually care about other people gather together and get to know one another and create that living network. So we're having that last week of September. And uh, uh, we thought about moving it up a little bit, but I I think that we're going to stick to that as the main part of the event. But uh, if you need to come earlier, uh, there, there will probably be people here already, and you can start to. That's the thing about a network is you don't have to meet everybody in the network, but you have to become connected with some of the people in the network. And as long as everybody is seeking that networking concept, you are connected to everybody. And we have to become more and more efficient at that. And less dependent upon technology, which means we have to have actual face to face meetings. But if that caller has still got his hand raised, it must be getting tired, so maybe we should take the caller.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he can unraise it or not, and it happens to be Star Six that raises your hands, which is also usually used for muting, so maybe he tried to mute, but we'll we'll try to engage him right now um okay uh it looks like vermont you're you're on the call
0: yes <laughs> hi paul this is Claude from vermont and hey, Claude. Uh, I, my question was answered when you uh started out why i couldn't get into chat and use the chat <laughs> so i didn't want to be rude and hang up on you but i can listen now on the through the computer so i was going to switch to that and get away from the cell phone uh, I do have some things I need to go over with uh, Brother Gregory uh, in the future, but it's too much to do in here, and I'd rather hear what he has to offer about uh, today's topic. So, with that, okay. I just—I think I will hang up unless you have any questions for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, well, good to hear your voice again, uh, Claude, and uh, uh, good to see that the system actually works to some degree. So, anyway, we'll. We'll continue on with the show. Thanks for calling.
2: Thanks, Todd. You're
0: welcome. Goodbye. Okay, the topic for today was women. And uh, the reason I started this and we have this two-hour show, although we already used a half hour of it up, is that uh, uh, some of the items in the news uh, about this uh, event were... uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh called this woman, testifying about the hardships of not being provided with birth control while she was attending a prestigious college, and she just didn't have enough money, and she wanted the insurance companies to be forced to provide birth control as uh, some sort of medical uh, coverage. Uh, And the mere idea is uh, so strange and absurd is that uh, they're treating uh, pregnancy as a disease, uh That's what used to be health insurance in case you got a disease, you got caught in an accident, and you needed this health insurance to help you out because it would be financially devastating, and people went out and bought health insurance, which is fine if you have a right to choose to buy health insurance and apply for health insurance and pay into health insurance. And there are, there are more biblically oriented systems, such as the Good Samaritans, Uh, But really, if the church was doing its job, you would have no interest in such things uh, because you would already have each other there to help you out if one of these devastating events happened in your life where you needed help. But, of course, the church isn't in the business of helping you become promiscuous and uh, and, uh, sleeping around with other people outside of wedlock. Uh, The church is supposed to be a moral thing, so it wouldn't be providing any assistance if you wanted, like this lady wanted to go out and uh, have fun and uh, gratify her own sexuality without producing anything, which is an unnatural act. You won't find that really hardly anywhere in nature except uh, amongst the dumbest of beasts and who are driven by hormones instead of uh, what would be a natural drive even in the animal kingdom. And, of course, men should have a much more... uh, Men and women should have a much more... uh, uh, moral approach to these natural functions of procreating but unfortunately procreation is no longer for procreation it's just so that people can gratify their own uh animal natures and uh, even the animal kingdom doesn't go that way for very long without serious repercussions uh, but that seems to be the way that society is going and they think it's natural they think that you somehow or other you have that right and that you should be able to force your neighbor to help secure you in that right so that you don't have to pay any repercussions for these unnatural relationships. These selfish relationships. They want to take the sting out of, uh, living in, uh, unnatural, immoral, uh, lifestyles and they want to force you to help them take that sting out. And that was bizarre, but it even got more bizarre because a lady calling in to a show that was talking about how important it is that women have access to birth control, uh, you know, even when they're single and, and just uh, going out to have fun, so to speak. And she referred to... The great progress that women have made in the world today, where they're out in the workplace and they're they're making a mark for themselves in in the business world and all these wonderful things, and they're not like those other women who just want to stay home, be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. And that's actually that she all those three poor elements were there in her description of those women who want to do nothing of value with their lives, just stay home, be bare, barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. And that just shocked me to hear uh, her say that. But it was a woman saying it. It was no man. It was a chauvinistic woman who thinks somehow she's superior because she goes out and works for some insurance company or something and uh, has uh, you know is able to boss men around and women around in some business. And she thinks that if you stay home and just have children, that this is some sort of demeaning existence that doesn't have any purpose in society, uh, any value that you have chosen uh, to follow this uh, degrading uh, lifestyle. And that is just shocking to me because, as I said earlier on Blog Talk, the noblest profession of mankind is the reproduction of mankind. Society is born out of the womb of that woman in the kitchen. Uh, what is she doing in the kitchen? She's health. She's the Department of Health. She is providing the diet that nurtures the family, that makes it strong, makes it healthy. You know I, I, I saw a video recently on um, a fellow who is really the almost one of the fathers of the progressive movement and socialism in the world today. A big unionizer uh, he actually got a start working for uh, the underworld uh, but then he immediately went to uh, uh, organizing unions <laughs> and uh, is a great father of uh, of and promoter of this modern progressivism and he told people how to organize and all this stuff but you saw the crowds of the people that were listening to him at these union uh, rallies and it was a mix of men and women that almost half and half of men and women. And everybody looked pretty darn healthy. I mean, there were older people and younger people, but they were all fairly healthy trim, uh, looked like hardworking people. They actually came from uh, communities where they lived in their own homes, and, yeah, they weren't getting the proper wages, and sometimes they were abused by companies. It wasn't the fault of capitalism. It was the fault of selfishism, uh, where people were selfish. And the reality is, is they appealed to the selfishness in many of the people as they organized the union to get these benefits and again to control government and become influential in government to get benefits from government, which is just coveting your neighbor's goods. And But you watch the progression of the films as they watch the history of this movement. He eventually died, but uh, the movement continues on. I'm writing an article, and I won't mention any names yet, but I noticed that in the film that the people got heavier and heavier and heavier. <laughs> They Until the one of the last films they showed of people organizing now, and they were using churches to do this organizing, there was hardly a woman in the video that wasn't 300 pounds. I'm not kidding you. Everybody in the crowd was overweight. I mean, not just a little heavy, seriously healthy-wise overweight. And this is progress. Uh, these people, I mean, women are plagued with heart disease today, where they it wasn't prevalent amongst women before. Why? It's because of what's going on in the kitchen. It's what's going on in the Department of Health is no longer that wife, that mother. The Department of Health is the government, and the government says it's okay to eat this junk food. It's approved by the health department and your society has never been more unhealthy, physically more ill-equipped to survive during hard times. Education. I could go on and on. You've sent your kids for education. It's not done in the home anymore. You don't even know what they're teaching your kids in school anymore. Why? Is this going on? Because women have abandoned the most honorable profession in the history of society is mother and wife, homemaker. That is that is why men tip their hats and open doors. Is because you held a position of honor and prestige. You were the core of society. You were health, education, and welfare. You were the heart of humanity because you were barefoot, pregnant, and in the kitchen doing a noble job. And this woman, this so-called woman, was degrading that as if somehow or other, that's insignificant, making nothing of your life. But she was out in the corporate world making something of hers. Well, she could get her own dang door. (laughs) I'm not going to open the door for her. She's not a woman. She's pretending to be a man. She thinks she is free. She has become more enslaved. A vast portion of her labor is swallowed up. She has become a confectionary for the king. She has become a human resource. She's not free. She's not free. She's not pursuing a noble career. She doesn't know that. She's pursuing a selfish career. I mean, people who enter into the gay relationships, why do they call them fruits? I mean, that's the derogatory term. They don't bear fruit. They don't give birth to society. They don't give life. They're just out being self indulgent. They may not be able to help it at this point. They may be given over to that nature. It's not genetic. There's no way on earth that homosexuality is a gen- result of gen- geneticism. Because that would mean that evolution, they were evolving into a homosexual breed. <laughs> Does it happen? If evolution is true. The homosexual gene died out centuries ago. No, what we are changing the nature of ourselves and the nature of society because we are not putting on the nature of God. The nature of God gives life. It produces life. It nurtures life. And when we let go of that nature, then we become self indulgent. It becomes about us. You know, we've all heard, or many of us have heard, you know, there used to be a book called Life, and a book called Look, and then a book called, not, not a book, but a magazine called People, and then a magazine called Us. There's actually a magazine called Self, and me. And this is the progression of society away from a society that had the nature of God, a giver of life, to a nature of selfish, self-indulgent, self-gratifying people. And they are blinded. They are given over to unnatural lusts. No, a woman, that's what does the Bible say about a woman. And we could do a show on men, too, because that's a very important part of, you know, like I say, in Genesis, uh second like Genesis 22, it says, In the rib which the Lord uh God had given from man, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And why did he do this? Because it's not natural that man be alone. It's not good that man be alone. And so he created this antithesis of man. No, I shouldn't say maybe antithesis, but this other image of man, a wool man. A man with a womb. But not just to bear children, but to test the metal of the man. The nature of a woman by its nature will test the metal of a man. And, you know, because a woman is made in the way she is, a man may become overbearing and abusive. You know, because... Uh, the, the supposed weaker stature, physically weaker stature. Actually, there's a tremendous the strength in woman, but it's a different kind of strength. But that could tempt a man to be abusive. You know, and, uh, because he could exercise power. And that power could corrupt him. But woman is given, uh, a virtuous nature that if she follows that virtuous nature according to Christ, that she will have power too, and, and, and the metal of that man will be tested. And, you know, an hour and a half isn't enough to go into how that works, but the reality is that each of us are vessels of the Holy Spirit. And if the woman brings the Holy Spirit, allows the Holy Spirit to come into her, and becomes true to the nature that God gave her originally, goes back to the Tree of Life instead of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then she will have power against that man who is using the strength that God gave him abusively. And she is made with that nature to bring a check to the growth of man, to test the metal of the man. And when the man seeks the tree of life, he will bring that, he will become that vessel of the Holy Spirit as well, and the two of them come together, then you not only have a procreation, but you have a creation of the Holy Spirit in, in the lives of your children. And you become a blessing instead of a curse. What's happening now is such a mix away from that true nature of man and woman that even the family is not a blessing anymore. You know, my wife and I were talking last night about how you know the first time we had to go on a trip to, uh, to to look for another place to live outside the cities, and we actually left our newborn son—not brand newborn, but pretty young son—with uh, uh, her parents uh, for we were just going to go up for a uh, couple of days and look at property, and it was pretty cold up there, and we thought it'd be easier on the kid if he stayed. The then we couldn't stand it. We were up there we weren't up 24 hours and we turned around and came back. <laughs> and we never really went anywhere ever again without taking our kids with us. <laughs> because we couldn't, even to our own parents, we didn't want to leave our children uh, because we accepted that responsibility. And uh, I can tell you story and story after that, but the reality is people readily farm their children out today. And that's why the network is uh, so adamant of, and to encourage homeschooling, home health, home education, because that's where health, education, and welfare should be managed, is in the home. And yes, and if you congregate together in free assemblies, you will have a society that will help you when those times are difficult. And we talked to a great family just the other day uh, who considered homeschooling. But they were worried about the social ramifications of homeschooling. And studies have shown that homeschoolers are more socially adaptable. They're actually sought after by colleges because the kids are better adjusted. Um, But there was this fallacy that somehow your children would be socially deprived. Now, I will tell you, I will give you a warning. There's a great many people out there that are starting to homeschool their children and are doing a remarkably bad job of it. And they're going to give homeschoolers a bad name. You, you're going to see it. Or kids are warped and twisted by bad parents who want to homeschool. But that's another reason why you homeschoolers should gather together with people of virtue. And that's really what the, you know, the one book in the Bible that talks about women more than any other book in the Bible, mentions the word woman and women more than any other uh, book in the Bible, is Proverbs. And it talks about a virtu- virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. But she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. Every, every wise woman buildeth her house, but foolish plucketh it down with her hands. And that's what that woman was doing, plucking down that profession of a woman. Demeaning it. And we'll talk more about this in the second half of Kings to the King.
4: If you read the history books, the most often asked question to southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South.
5: Was it the Civil War or War of Federal Aggression? John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Pass Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free?
3: Fight the fight. We are here to equip you because you love the truth. LibertyRadioLive.com. dot
0: So we're talking today about women, and we do have a, a new feature. If you have any questions, and we're going to get start clipping along here pretty. Quick quick on this topic. Basically what the subject matter is is that uh, uh, women are degrading women because of their pursuit that is unnatural. They don't understand their own nature and society is not going to tell them. The churches are not going to tell them and therefore they are going to get farther and farther away from the tree of life and the Holy Spirit and they're going to follow uh, what the uh, fables uh, foolish fables, uh, and, uh, become more and more enmeshed in idolatry. We have, uh, uh, oh, I was actually looking, at, I thought I had it here, but, uh, the, uh, uh, a way in which you can call in and listen to the show, and, uh, I thought I had the number written in front of me, I went to look at it, so I'm gonna have to depend on Paul again.
2: <laughs> I got your back.
0: You got
2: my back. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, if you're listening live, you don't need this information. But if you have friends that might like to listen in and they don't have high-speed Internet, or since this is an Internet show, um, they can now listen by phone. And to do that, you dial into the number 559-726-1300, and then you enter a code, which is 7 7- nine five one three two press the pound sign and you're in and uh once you're on listening this way um i can see the activity and if you have a question just simply press star six and it will be like raising your hand and we can get you on the air and answer your question
0: okay so, uh, now I, I have transferred the right number over, so it should show up correctly next <laughs> time. But, uh, fortunately, uh, Paul's got my back. So, anyway, um uh, we're talking about this, uh, concept of wh- what is woman, what is, uh, and women don't know anymore. Women are, have been deceived and given a false role in society that's not, um uh, okay. surprising. That's, that's what, uh, uh, evil is all about, is about deception, and men, of course, uh, have fallen prey to the similar deceptions, but we're going to be talking about women today, and as I was saying, a woman's job
2: before you is... Get, before you get too into it, someone uh, press, press their star six and has a question if you want to take it now.
0: Okay, we'll take that question right now.
2: Thanks. And this is, a, it looks like Georgia, here on the air.
0: Hello, Georgia. Can you hear me?
2: Uh, you, if your number ends in seven,
6: there we go. There you go. There we go. Sorry, I had it muted. Okay. Sheba, does it have to be a question?
0: Uh, I don't know. What, what do you? You got a comment?
6: Yes, sir, I do.
0: Okay. Uh.
6: Last week I heard the end of your um your query if there was anyone around where my husband and I were and we hadn't been able to get tires and just wanted to thank you. We got calls from from people uh, within, well, we got calls from people actually all over the country asking us what they could do to help and um, we got tires within a couple days and we got home safe and I thought you might like to know that. That announcement definitely brought some, um responses from, from caring people all over. That's,
0: that's great. And, uh, you know, that was, you know, I guess I heard one point there you were surprised that I actually mentioned your dilemma on the air. <laughs> but, but that's what the that work is all about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we're not helping one another, I, I talked to a, a, a ministry uh, a couple days ago that's not too far away from us they were kind of surprised that i i thought they were calling about the church they were actually calling about something else that we do for the local community and they didn't even know we were a church but uh, the uh, they were talking about how they were helping all the poor in their area and they had a kind of a food bank and they grew a lot of organic stuff that they gave away to the needy of their area and that's great Uh, But the reality is is that charity that we're talking about in the kingdom is not this blind charity that just gives away to everybody who's sitting on welfare and not working. But real charity to people that are out there working but need a helping hand from time to time, need assistance from time to time. And what we're supposed to be doing is helping those that work at the kingdom who are seeking righteousness. We are not supposed to be making it comfortable to be lazy, non-seeking righteousness people. And unfortunately, many of the churches are out there thinking they are doing great works by helping people who won't even help themselves, won't help their neighbor, just want to sit around and do nothing. And that is bad. We are licensing sloth, and the sloth still shall be under tribute. And, of course, that's why the whole world is under tribute. So any opportunity we have to help out a worker like Ella Sheba and her husband, uh, if we don't jump at it, uh, we're not seeking the kingdom because that's really what it's all about. And I'm glad that you guys got your tires and got on the way. I guess you even had, because you were networking, had a, had somebody to stay with that you hadn't seen in a long time. Is that true?
6: That's true. You- it was, you know, my husband has known people for for decades and he, uh, we spent time with some people that I had never met before because he and I have Today is actually our um, our fourth year anniversary.
0: So okay, but uh, that that concept of networking is is really very simple. But that network needs to actually bear real fruit. Be not just yeah. you know you know a Facebook uh, community. It has to be an actual physical community. And so anyway, we do. Uh, By the we, way, with yes,
6: that, um, some of the people that we met there. Uh, the, are planning to come to to Missouri for the gathering in uh, next month. Oh, that's great. Great. They they never that's heard the... of this before, but we were able to share with them, and they're planning to come, and we'll just see how, they, how things go with this.
0: Okay, okay. So uh, that's a great testimonial call, which is always welcome as well. <laughs> so.
2: Thanks, Oshiba.
6: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you.
0: Okay, so now we'll, uh, we'll go on with our, uh, scheduled topic of uh, what a woman is, and as I was reading from Proverbs, the virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. She's a blessing to her husband. uh, And, uh, of course, uh, a husband is to be a true husband. He must love his wife as Christ loved the church, which was a self-sacrificing love. And I tell men this, it says, a woman doesn't have a problem with loving a man who is self-sacrificing. An egomaniac, a, a person who wants to be waited on and wants to turn his wife into some sort of slave or servant, uh, yeah, he's gonna have trouble. Uh, but the nature of the woman who is truly, uh, seeking the kingdom is a great blessing to her, her husband as well as her whole family and her children. She is the nurturing uh, element of that, uh, family unit, which is a creation of God. That is God's institution. That is God's creation. Because by its nature, it produces more life. Because by God's nature, He produces more life. He's in, constantly in this productive mode of giving life. And that's what a family does. And these women who sell that, uh, honor, position in society out so that they can become insurance agents or, or corporate leaders or uh, have their own business, you know, make a tremendous sacrifice that alters their nature and will actually find them trying to put down the virtuous woman. But anyway, it goes on and says, every wise woman buildeth her house, not buildeth her career, but buildeth her house. Because that is a career, the noblest career. But the foolish plucketh it down with their hands. And that's actually what we see women out there in the uh, politics of the world actually undermining the family unit. Uh, wanting to force children to go to public school. Uh, and, and force people under a socialist agenda. Encourage women to become fruitless. Uh, uh as Rush Limbaugh called them sluts but I, I have a word that's a lot more degrading because that's what they are they have demeaned their nature to become nothing but instruments of pleasure and self-gratification they have become sex slaves for selfish, self-indulgent men they are foolish women Foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple. She knoweth nothing, but they will give her a diploma anyway. For she sitteth at the door of her house on a seat in a high place of the city. Now there's actually a dual meaning to all this use of woman in Proverbs, uh, because the city itself is this has a feminine seductive nature. And unfortunately that's why we see so many pastors who are almost effeminate is because they aren't real men. They have, they have developed a foolish, seductive nature. They have become ear ticklers, uh, tempters, They tempt you away from the Holy Spirit to believe in their doctrines instead of the precept upon precepts of the Bible. Such is the way of the adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth, saith, I have done no wickedness. But that's what we do when we feed at the, the trough of this adulterous woman. We consume one another in these nature, uh, these, uh, against nature social estates that degrade and abandon the ways of God. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? What is this virtuous woman? What is the nature of that? What is a virtuous man? Favor is deceitful and beauty vain. A woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. And that's what society was looking for. Society, when it was the, the more simple society, although it wasn't simplistic society, you know, societies before technology were just as complex as modern societies are today but the complexity within in the life. I mean, women today I, I remember uh, probably 40 years ago, 50 to 40 years ago at least anyway, uh, a girl uh who had gone and ta- taken home economics and um uh, all these kinds of things in uh, in school, she was going to bake a cake and she She said that she was going to bake it from scratch, and her idea of baking it from scratch was a Betty Cracker box mix. And uh, I thought, that's not from scratch. Scratch is like flour (laughs) and salt. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that's from scratch, not a box mix. She doesn't even know what the ingredients is. You know, it used to be that the homemaker... The seasonings weren't in these prepackaged season packets. They were actually seasonings that you went out and gathered yourself in order to make a diet, to make a a dish of food. And she was a chemist. Uh, She understood what it was to produce food that was nutritious. Now, of course, there were women who just, you know, didn't pursue that. But that was an art. A homemaker was a prestigious position. A good homemaker was a virtuous woman an honorable profession she knew how to nurture her family to make them healthy she knew the arts of uh, you know essential oils and how to obtain them and how to produce them she had these knowledges and the, these understandings because she was health education and welfare but we don't do that anymore we are dependent upon a system that is far removed from love has become a commercialized, your health care providers are commercialized. They're they're there for the wages they get, not for love. Now, there are some good health care providers that have the love, too, but it's incidental to the profession. It is not at the motivation and drive. Stop paying them and see if they show up. You no, know, we, we've undermined God's system. We have abandoned God's system. We've all gone whoring after a false system. And that's really what the woman in Proverbs is all about. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. And what is, what are the commercial applications in society today? It's all to vanity. It's not to virtue. Virtue is incidental to what is a beautiful woman. I mean, you go into the media and they hold up this beautiful woman and that beautiful woman. It's all vanity. The real beautiful woman is probably working somewhere down helping the poor. We don't see that. We don't see that. We're not looking for that, and you're not going to get that. You're not going to get a woman who is a crown. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh ashamed has rottenness in his bones. In First Samuel chapter 8, it says, and he will take your daughters to be his confectionaries, to be his cooks, and to be his bakers. That's what's happened. The daughters are no longer servants of the family. They're servants of the king. Because the whole nation has gone whoring after strange gods. We have to get back to becoming virtuous women and virtuous men. And that means we have to stop looking in the wrong direction. Start looking back in the family. And every family needs to know that it needs to strengthen the family next to it, promote that family next to it. People who are hesitant about homeschooling need to gather together. And those of you who don't have children that you're homeschooling anymore, you need to offer your services to homeschoolers and connect with them and bring them into a network and seek out those people who are seeking out the ways of God instead of the ways of the world which undermine the family and destroy the family and take power away from the family and give power to people who produce no family and are fruitless. That's what you see happening. This is what happened in Rome at the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. This rise of an unvirtuous society, a fruitless society, a society that wasn't dealing with the natural order of things and became an unnatural society. Corrupted and blind to its own decadence but that's just a different lifestyle. no, it's not it is a different lifestyle but what it's not even a lifestyle it's a death style it is it is leading you down the road to destruction. Woe be unto thee, O Moab, the people of Shamash perisheth for thy sons are taken captive and thy daughters Captives. You are no longer a free society because you've gone away from the the basic building block of society, with family. If you re, historians admit for centuries that the decline of the great Roman Empire, an empire based originally on the concept of justice and rights, free republic, where people actually considered it an honor to contribute to the government before the forced taxes, when the taxes were still free will offerings, like they were one time in Israel. No place on earth is Israel unless it is supported by free will offerings alone. Any government that is supported by forced offerings is not Israel. It is not following The ways of god god is not prevailing there is not working by the laws of god on this day in history in 1401 tamerlane the great the great captured damascus in syria miles from his own home why because all he was interested in was power over others seeking power and control over others on this day in history, in 1654, Roger Williams was granted a charter to colonize Rhode Island. Roger Williams was moving from a different spirit than Tamerlane. He did not want to exercise authority one over the other. He wasn't a perfect man, he wasn't maybe a saint, but he was going in a different direction. America has turned around and followed the ways of Tamerlane. And Syria is no longer safe,
2: <laughs> which you will see. You have got a question if you want one.
0: Sure. Uh, I'll tell one second more. Yep. On this day in history, also Elvis Presley was inducted into the U.S. Army, and we'll talk about why that's significant to the kingdom when we get back. But let's take the
2: call. All right. This is from, it looks like, New York here on the air.
6: Hello.
2: Hello, New York.
6: Hi, Brother Gregory. It's Isabel. Okay. In New York. How
0: are you? Okay. How are you
6: doing? Uh Okay, okay, so I got an answer to my question from Nithan Parak, but I kind of wanted to run it by you anyway. Um, okay.
2: <laughs>
6: you had said that it, sex is an unnatural act when it's not to reproduce. And is that true for women who can no longer reproduce or who cannot reproduce? Well, you know,
0: the the intent of an act is essential now obviously the relationships with uh uh you know when we talk about the unnatural act uh, is you know there is an affection and there is a comforting within uh the community of a husband and a wife um uh, and that's that's part of our physical nature and we don't want to create burdens on people. You know, Paul talks about, you know, within the marriage bed, you know, that there is this uh, uh, license uh, because we are, not, we are still fallen creatures. And we cannot put on the nature of God artificially. So we don't want to create uh, patterns of behavior outside of the basic concepts of holy matrimony Uh, the union of man and woman. There is a nature that is... uh, There is a union that is created physically by that physical contact. And within the marriage bed, that's that's legitimate. Ultimately, though, when we rise, and Christ makes reference to this, rise to our true natures entirely, there is no more giving as husband and wife. There isn't any need. We have reached a... uh, You know, we don't need the restrictions and the... Uh, guideposts, uh, because we are enmeshed in on the true track, but we can't do that artificially. So, God allows us within the realm of our physical nature to have this union of one man and one woman becoming one flesh, and that's legitimate. Uh, we strive for a much higher spiritual reality, but we do this in a physical realm, and so, uh, but these. the the men and women who are having relationships outside of marriage with no intention whatsoever of bearing children. uh, that That is total selfishness, and it feeds selfishness, and it grows in a selfish relationship. And we need to be turning around and going the other way. Again, it's a process. And so within that process, we are given certain guidelines. Uh, and within marriage we are allowed uh, these natural affections that are a part of our human nature and it is not us that overcomes that human nature it is the spirit and so we're giving this period of time in this in this body to pursue that place where the spirit takes over and we are no longer subject to the concupiscence of our nature, so I don't know. I'm kind of beating around the bush a little bit there, but uh, I think maybe you see what I'm saying is that we
6: can't put on physical nature. You, are you saying that if the Holy Spirit is actually in your marriage, you won't have those desires?
0: Uh, eventually, that may come about, and uh, the fact is that the Holy Spirit is where it will. It's not like all oh, of a sudden, presto, bingo, the Holy Spirit's there and all this stuff has gone away. It's a process, again, and it's a direction. We're on this road, and we carry a part of our old nature with us, and we cannot tear it away. We let the Holy Spirit surgically remove it. And it's very dangerous to start creating certain patterns of behavior that we are going to try to force ourselves to line up with, and it's very dangerous that we condemn ourselves because we have elements of our old nature still in us that we keep our eye on the goal of being totally filled with the Holy Spirit, and as he fills us, we will be less subject to the world, the flesh, and the devil. But it is is a form of idolatry to create an image of a pattern of behavior and try to impose that upon one another or even upon ourselves, that the, the true nature, when the Holy Spirit comes in, is very natural, very comfortable. There is no imposition of it. Uh, it is just we we just find ourselves, well, that's not interesting to us anymore. We're contentious. But, you know, if you're in a marriage, uh, both husband and wife may not be on the same page, and it is wrong for people to deprive one another of physical comfort just to create the image that somehow we have obtained as spirituality, which is what you know, most religion is about to give you the feeling that you have arrived before you have really arrived. So within the marriage bed, there is a, a great deal of license, but we always need to be introspective and considerate of one another. So at the same time.
6: Yeah. Th- thank you, Brother very I, I
0: understand that. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. It's a hot topic. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nice to hear your voice.
6: Okay, oh. thank you. Bye-bye. God
0: bless. Okay. Uh, so anyway, we we were talking about Elvis Presley. Uh, on this day in history in 1958, was inducted into the U.S. Army. And before that, we talked about Tamerlane and Roger Williams, two completely different individuals uh, that on this day in history uh, made certain uh, roads in their own life. Uh, reality. Uh, in the Bible, we had this, uh, separation from a society that lived for hundreds of years with no central authority who could exercise authority. All their peace offerings were free will offerings. Peace offerings being, uh, the offerings to support the military that are often needed to protect us, ourselves against the tamerlings of the world. When Saul became leader, We were warned what would happen is we would lose our daughters. They would become the confectionaries of the king. They would become the professional women of the king, the servants of the king, and no longer serving the family, no longer health education and and welfare in the family. But the health education and welfare would be taken care of by the king, and the king would eventually become our father, and our daughters would become his daughters, and our sons would become his sons, and he would take them for his own purposes. And we see David... After the corruption of Saul killed itself, David began to number the people in order to create a draft. And we have gone so far away from the kingdom that any country, any country that drafts its young men, have sinned against God, and are no longer Israel, and are no longer the the kingdom of God, no longer the place where God prevails because they don't operate by the perfect law of liberty. They oper- operate according to the nature of Tamerlane, the great, in Nimrod, and and the evil pharaoh. And on this day in history, we see evidence of that, that in the kingdom of God, you could not have drafted Elvis Presley, <laughs> uh, but on all the other thousands who were drafted, uh, and, and went to their death, because what did it say in Samuel? Take your sons, take your daughters. Make your sons run before their chariots. Make their instruments of war. Why? Because you have rejected God. And so our daughters have now become the confectionaries and brag about being the confectionaries of the king, the servants of the king, and think they are great and noble, but it's all vanity. The great and noble job is to be the servants of your husband and your family willingly and your husbands, if they were great and noble men, would be as self-sacrificing in the family as Christ was to the church. Uh, the nature of society is constantly changing. We'll have one more half hour of this, and we'll give the number as soon as we come back again. So if you have any questions, you can ask them, uh, and we'll cover a little bit more on this topic of the true nature of woman in society and in the family. And hopefully some of you will start joining the network and return to the ways of God and become virtuous women. We'll see you in a moment.
3: fight the fight. We are here to equip you, because you love the truth. LibertyRadioLive.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United
5: States in 1963.
4: The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are as a people, inherently and historically, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned. No secret is revealed. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Solon decreed a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. Confidence that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and
3: independent.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, the president today.
3: You were both in skull and bones, the secret society. It's so sick that we can't talk about it. What does that mean for America? It's so sacred we can't talk about it. What does that mean for America? I've got a
0: vision for what I want to do for the country. See, I know exactly where I want to lead. It's so sacred we can't talk about it. What does that mean for
4: America? Now listen to me. The Bible says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar.
5: Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have.
3: Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now
4: listen to me.
0: Welcome back, to the keys of the kingdom. Uh, we've given you a number of quotes from Proverbs and the Old Testament. We've laid out a picture of what modern society thinks is good and evil, and things are really in a bad state. And it is up to every individual man and woman to start returning to the, not just to nature itself, but to the nature God has given man and woman, and that really should be done in a setting of a network of people coming together, learning to stand alone together uh, with that virtue that is uniquely the virtue that comes from those who eat of the tree of life, and we see around us where it has become natural to do the unnatural, Because the nature of people is one of selfishness, not a nature of giving life, but of taking life, recruiting life, uh, taking life away from others so that you personally may have life more abundant, which is contrary to what Christ said, the absolute reverse. He said, give up your life that you may have life more abundant. But give that life up wisely. Don't just give to charity to the fruitless, to the selfish, to the slothful of society, licensing them to be more slothful, more avaristic, but start forming a network that actually helps out those who help themselves, who teaches men to fish, who will man the nets of society that bring people into the ways of God. If we want better people to make a better world, then we will have to begin where people are made, in the family, born of the wombs of virtuous women, married to virtuous men who are not selfish in vain, but self-sacrificing, and eating of the tree of life, not merely the tree of knowledge. Not trying to formulate a society based on idolatry of eschatologies, but actually formed on the basis of the spirit of an unselfish God who gives life rather than takes it away, who sacrifices his son that ye might be saved. This is the nature of... but we have put it aside for the nature of Tamerlanes and Nimrods and evil pharaohs. In Luke twenty three twenty nine, it says, For behold, the days are coming in which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear and the papes which never gave suck. And they will condemn the woman who is in the kitchen caring for her family, nurturing her family, giving birth to her family and a society. She will be condemned. And that is happening today. She is put down. She is not progressive. Virtue is bad, according to them. It is silly, according to them. It is foolish, according to them. Take your birth control and have your ways. Give you license to immorality. We have all whored after the beast. We've all become bestial in our nature, devouring our neighbor's house, even the houses of widows and orphans. We are ashamed a shameful lot. But I know some of you are repenting and awakening. But there is much to awaken to, and it is a day of work, a day of diligence, a day of seeking and striving. And we need to do that together, because if we love our neighbor as ourself, a command of Christ and Moses as well, then we will gather together in free assemblies and be the government of God by governing ourselves in a way that is true to the nature of man and woman. The union of a man and a woman is of the law of nature, but it is of God's nature, not the animal nature. It is of God's kingdom, not of the kingdom of flesh alone, but one of spirit. The word marriage is distinguished from the agreement to marry and from the act of becoming married. Today, that marriage, that word marriage, is defined as a civil status of one man and one woman united in law for the discharge to each other and to the community of duties legally incumbent on those who associate. association is founded on the distinction of sex. But to us, Our marriage is to be a union under God and our obligations are placed upon us by God and our duties are placed upon us by God and that is a union blessed by God. And it is a union of a man and woman lawfully joined in marriage by which A common law, the legal existence of the wife, is incorporated with that of her husband. Her womb is incorporated with the flesh of her husband for the purposes of giving life a noble possession and profession. By marriage, the husband and wife are one person, no more twain. I'm I'm quoting both from the law and from Christ at the same time. We need to get back to that union of marriage, and that union of marriage in the eyes of God is a difficult thing, and it requires a society that cherishes that union, cherishes the nature of the virtuous woman. And we, we are facing very hard times, which will be very hard on women as well as men, and we should, every one of us, strive to form a network, a bulwark of human gathering together with the nature of God in them, and that will become a basra, a wall, a fortress of protection for those who are going to have to survive and live through the days to come. We, we, we gather together not for fear for ourselves, but for fear for others. In Genesis we see, And he lifted up his eyes and saw the woman and the children and said, Who are those with thee? And he said, The children which God hath graciously given thy servant." Women have become persons. The statutory word person did not in these circumstances include women, according to uh, British uh, uh, voting rights cases in 1909. Because women were not persons, they did not belong to the king. They belonged to their husbands. And somehow or other, women think it is better to belong to the king than to belong to their husbands, and women will be drafted. And put to work in civilian work camps. We need to turn around and go another way. And those of you who are willing to turn around, repent, and go that other way need to gather together to help one another along this path because that is the nature of Christ. That is why he talks about the Good Samaritan. And the whole multitude sought to touch him. For there went virtues out of him and healed them all. And Jesus said, Somebody had touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. What are they talking about? This virtue. This virtuous. this woman who received the virtue of Christ and was healed. I tell you, Women can heal the same as men when the Holy Spirit is present in them. You know, kiss it and make it better, mommy. You know, when he gets the little boo-boo on his knee. (laughs) The reality is there is a healing power in that to the virtuous woman, a miraculous healing power, and we will need that from men and women who have that virtue because there is calamities coming in every life. Just the other day, uh, I drove by a uh, uh, kind of a, uh, it's a community old folks home kind of to help people out. It had a number of apartments in it in uh, Fort Rock and I drove by it and noticed I hadn't seen it in years, but I had to go out and see somebody and we went by it and I saw it there and this evening when I, the evening when I got back, it had burned to the ground and all the homes were lost there. Now, in that community, people will rise up and help those people who lived there and stayed there. Uh, we had a local rancher who uh, was killed in an accident, an automobile accident, and right at the height of uh, haying season. His hay was about ready to need to be cut in a matter of days, and he was killed, and the family was just totally distraught. There were nine swathers in the field the next morning ready to cut his hay, it was done in hours. It was an amazing thing. And the, the community just showed up and helped the family out and made sure that every, everything was done for them. They actually physically contributed to one another. We heard earlier in the show how Oh husband and her husband suddenly had two flat tires in a row and needed an extra spare tire that uh, they were finding difficult because of its size to find. We mention it in people all over. People were willing to drive hundreds, even thousands of miles in order to help them out. And they were eventually helped out and were on their way. Every time you add somebody new to the network, we're all enriched when we add those people based upon virtue. Good men hate sin through love of virtue. Bad men through fear of punishment. If we are to be good men, we need to love one another and seek to love one another and look for the opportunity of helping one another. And that is why you congregate together, not to save yourselves in times of calamity, because if that is the spirit that moves you, then you will not be saved, spiritually or physically. You need to be moved by the desire to save others, to help others, to protect others. That is why men protected their family units and their community, is to protect those women who were the virtuous women who were burying their society and the future of their society in their own bodies. But today, they say, bless another woman who never has a child, for she has had a career. She has become this great and noble thing. This sterile, impotent eunuch who would like to turn those women who have children into breeding boxes, and then they take their children away from them and mold them in their own image of selfishness. We're letting that happen. And the churches are actually instrumental. That fellow who was moving in the progressive world, which I hope to have an article finished on one of these days, when my spare time, um, where did he go to get his inroads into society to turn it into this lawful, obese, unhealthy, decadent, covetous society? He went to the churches and found them welcoming him with open arms because they did not understand true charity. They were in love with the idea of appearing charitable rather than truly giving life. Their charity gives death, weakens society. Sodom and Gomorrah, sin was the same as theirs is today, that in a time of affluence they did not strengthen the poor, they weakened it. And the product, the byproduct of such a society is a society that is overwhelmed with unnatural lusts and perversions of nature. Women and men repent, turn around, become that society of God, that kingdom of God, that virtuous place where people gather together, support the true needs in one another lifting one another up, strengthening one another in virtue and self-sacrifice and forgiveness and patience. We forgive one another when we make error so that we may be forgiven when we ourselves make error. You need that forgiveness, but you also need that giving to create that society. And you cannot give wisely unless you know one another. You cannot know one another unless you freely assemble not freely contract together with one another in another system of control and compulsion, but freely assemble and stick it out with one another because you're the best game in town. They're not perfect. None of us come together as perfect individuals. We need, we shake hands, we hug, we have uh, this physical relationship face to face to create this physical bond to hold us as the spiritual bond grows when a child is born to a woman she nurtures him she caresses him she brings him up addicted to the physical nature that she offers him so that he will stay alive long enough to be introduced to the spiritual nature that is really the province of mankind the virtuous woman lets that child mature in the spirit. The selfish woman keeps him subject to his concupiscence. There's a balance that we seek and this in this balance, each of us must sacrifice what comforts us for the true and virtuous nature of mankind and woman. But I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Today we estimate men as great not by their wealth, but by their virtue. Is that the way we do it? How? Everybody's looking up to the Fortune 500, the wealthy men. This man is a billionaire. This man is a multi-billionaire, and everybody looks at him like a rock star, which they shouldn't be looking at a rock star like a rock star. (laughs) Who holds up and say, I want to be a virtuous man? Well, but he's sacrificing his life. He's sacrificing his comfort. I mean, he drives around in an old junky car, I mean, because he's a virtuous man. He's a noble man. I give you all kinds of examples of that. But we don't have a lot of time left in the show, so I want you all to sh- try to strive, those of you in the Midwest, despite the booming, which is really minor. There's, don't get in a panic. Yeah, there's earthquakes under the ground, and they are creating a booming noise through the clay, and people hear this boom and wonder where it's coming from. And, yes, they heard those same noises before Uh, The New Madrid Fault erupted back in 1811 and 1814 that will cause the deaths of millions and millions of people, but don't worry about that. Worry about where you're headed as an individual under the eyes of God. Are you seeking to save your neighbor, to love your neighbor, to be there for one another? Are you seeking to be a good wife and uh, husband and a good mother and father in your family? Or is your family focusing on these virtues in society? Are you seeking to gather together in that free society? Or are you being swept away by the tide of progressivism and socialism in the world today? Proverbs 5 3 says, For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb and her mouth is smoother than oil, but her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. We have been kissing the progressive woman of socialism for too long, and the end is our children are ignorant of the ways of God. He goes on to say, Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell, lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life. Her ways are movable that thou canst not know them. It's strong delusion. Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, and depart now from the words of my mouth. Depart, excuse me, depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her. Come not nigh the door of her house. Lest thou give thine honor unto others for thy years unto the cruel. How many children think their parents are stupid, ignorant, old-fashioned, How many of them honor their progressive society and degrade their father and mother like that woman, degraded the women who are the birthplace of society? Let strangers be filled with thy wealth. Is that not come to pass? And thy labors be in the house of a stranger. Is that not come to pass? And thou mourn at the last when thy flesh and thy body are consumed. Is that not too late? Repent. Turn around. Gather together. Join the network. Form congregations. Free assemblies. Start contributing to the true welfare by contributing to those who are virtuous and seeking the ways of virtue.
2: We have a call. We're a raise. Okay. I'm,
0: well, we'll take the call.
2: It looks like it's from Massachusetts. Go ahead.
0: Hey, Gregory
1: George. Hey, Paul. How you doing?
0: Okay. Good. How's it going, George?
1: Great. Great. Hey, I I liked what you said about a civil work camp, and uh, I what came to mind was corporations, and I was wondering how that ties into the and then maybe it's separate or maybe it's related, the idea of encampments and uh well you actually you know
0: the thing when you're dealing with the spirit of things, the essence, the precepts of things, you will see models of it appearing in nature. We see this all the time where you see the the uh, the imprint of nature where it repeats itself over and over in everything that you see around you. Um uh, and it, it it's a mysterious thing, and it will take a lot more time than we have uh in the rest of this show but yeah the the corporations are like encampments, but the fact is is because we have taken that model in our lives and in our thinking that it will turn into actual Halliburton camps too. <laughs> they tell you flat out in uh, the oath of the United states the citizenship that they can take you and your sons and your daughters and put them to work in civilian work projects. And, of course, you you can't get a passport unless you agree to that. Uh, anybody who has a passport has agreed to that. And that's the way, uh, you know, according to the statute, that's what they published. You know, so if you're holding up this, they imagine that you have agreed to that, and they say that that's the way they will treat you. And so, what do we do expect? So yes, uh, we are working. everybody is an employee of the United States federal government, and they're working for that, and a portion of their labor is taken away from them every day, every hour, and given away to the Pharaoh to build more pyramids. And uh, But the fact is is that pattern is only going to get worse. And uh, unless we alter that pattern and gather together, by faith, hope, and charity, and actually form those free assemblies that actually care about one another, and remain true to the nature of the kingdom instead of the nature of the world. And that's why I gave those two examples of Tamarine and Roger Williams. Uh, that this, these are your choices. And we can do the same thing with, uh, you know, Caesar uh, and uh, Christ. You know, you're either following the nature of Christ or you're following the nature of Caesar, there isn't they're lukewarm. They're nowhere. And most people are very lukewarm because they'd rather watch T V than get involved in anything. And and comfort themselves and and gratify their own uh concupiscence, their bellies, their tongues. And we got less than sixty seconds. So anyway, thanks for the call. Sure, yeah. <laughs> okay. Bye. Thank you. Thanks. Uh so anyway, uh, we gather together, join the network. Uh, See us this afternoon uh, on Freedomizer, and God bless. Thanks, Paul, for being there.
2: You're welcome.